Well, let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 17. We spent some time uh, on a series called Full of the Spirit. We're going to spend some time on that this morning. Ephesians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know you can understand what the will of the Lord is. There's a number of places in the Bible, this is one of them, where it says understand what the will of the Lord is, and our place says know that the will of the Lord is for you and to be thankful. There are things that you don't have to seek God on, whether it's His will or not, because the Word already tells us what His will is. Now, He doesn't tell you specific things for your life in the, the Bible. You know, everybody's the detail of everybody's life in the Bible that obviously we wouldn't be carrying that book with us this morning. It, it, it'd be huge. It's a lot of data. You know, all the billions of people on the planet, everything they should do in their life. Well, you can't, you can't put that in a book. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. So you have the, the written word that's going to tell you his truth, certain things that we need to know. And then the Spirit of God is going to lead you and guide you and help you in all the affairs of life. So you can know the will of God. So there are certain things we shouldn't be praying about. Because God, you already know the answer. Here it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine. Well, he's telling you, okay, so do I need to get drunk? Well, I know. No. No, I don't. I'm going to pray about that. You don't need to pray about it. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Giving thanks when? Always. always. Now you start off saying, understand what the will of the Lord is. So here it says, giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So he's saying, be filled with the Spirit. And then he talks about some things here that would mark being filled with the Spirit. We've talked about some different aspects about that. And here it says, giving thanks always. Giving thanks always. Giving thanks always. So that would be a mark of being filled with the Spirit is giving thanks always. Not just once in a while. It's a continual, uh, a continual lifestyle, something that we continually do. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Romans 15, 13 this morning. Full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Can we tell when we're, you know, we're, we're full of the Spirit? I'm going to make some comments about that, but there is, I'll say some of this now, there is, um, there is being full of the Spirit of God. Now, if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God indwelling you, living on the inside of you, okay? You're born again. There is the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to read a, a verse. Um, now let's just go over there now. Let's skip down uh, to Galatians 5.22. We'll come back to Romans. Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The nine, uh, fruit of the Spirit, we're not going to teach extensively on that. We're touching on some of these things. But notice it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So these things are fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, we can talk about this. Notice like here, you can go back. I don't, I don't really want to get into this, but I'll just touch on this. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, the word Spirit there, that is pneuma. And there is only one word for that, and it's not capitalized or not capitalized. You have to decide by the context if it's capitalized or not. And here, really, if you look at it, the fruit of the Spirit, your, your individual, your born-again spirit, uh, is hooked up with God. And so the fruit, the fruit of something, the fruit of a tree, grows on the branch of the tree. And Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. You can do nothing apart from me. Well, where does the fruit grow? It grows on the branch. So here, if you, you could go and take some time, but I believe this is more aptly talking about the human spirit. Of course, you're hooked up with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is love. All these things are Him, but the fruit of somebody that is yielded to him, the fruit of somebody, where does the fruit grow? It grows on the branch. Who are the branches? Where are the branches? So if you, a recreated spirit, you're going to have this fruit growing in you. You don't have to get legalistic on that. It's just if you look at different scriptures, this is, this is apparent. The fruit of the spirit is love, is joy, is peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So those things are a fruit. When you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Okay? But, like we talked about earlier in the series, you, there is a, an experience separate from salvation where you can be filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. The Spirit can come on you to do different things. So there is more than just this. So any born-again believer can have these fruit of the Spirit. But you can be more or less filled with the Spirit and built up in the Spirit depending on what you're doing in life. And one aspect of that is being filled with the Spirit with evidence of speaking tongues. We, we talked about that. Those are earlier in the, in the series. Go back and listen to them if you want to uh, hear more about that. But just being full of the Spirit, you can have these fruit in your life, but you can be full of the Spirit and have them overflowing in your life. And so we're going to talk about a couple of these aspects today, uh, or emphasize one. Let's go back to Romans 15, 13. Being filled, filled with the Spirit. Now, it says, verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here there's a lot of filling and abounding. We see bounding is like overflow. Let's look in the NLT. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the Amplified. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. So a lot of filling, a lot of overflowing 
here, and we're talking about being full of the Spirit. Notice it's, it's God that's going to fill you up, and it's through uh, that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may have this. But I want, if you go back to verse 13 in the, the, the New King James, first one we read, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So talking about joy and peace, you're filled with all joy and all peace in believing, and then you're abounding or being full or overflowing in hope. So there's a number of things there, but I want to focus on joy. Joy and peace, we could talk about joy, we could talk about peace, but this morning I want to talk about joy and being filled with the Spirit and how that relates. If you're filled with the Spirit, there is no way you don't have joy. If you're filled with the Spirit, a mark of being filled with the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit of God, is you're going to have joy. Now, we read, we started out in um, Ephesians, we don't have to, to go back there, but Ephesians 5, it said, be filled with the Spirit, it says, giving thanks for all things. Well, giving thanks, if you're, if you're thankful, that's a, that's a good way, a quick way, uh, a direct way to, to experience joy. A way to get depressed is to be unthankful and to look at everything you don't have, what's going wrong. That is, that is a surefire way to get yourself down and quick. Get you depleted. Look at what you don't have. Well, you're not going to have joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is on the, the inside of you, and, and you, can, you can walk in it or you can not walk in it. But if one way to just stoke that fire, to stoke the flames of joy, to get that uh, built up and strong and overflow that aspect is by being thankful and to be rejoicing and to look at what you have, not what you don't have. You know, we could look at today, it's raining outside. Uh, I don't want to go outside. It's raining. I might get wet. Well, I know when I grew up, especially in the summer, I did not like it when it rained. You know, when you're off of school, you want it and you're playing. You know, back in that day, we, we grew up in a cul-de-sac, you know, cul-de-sac, the circle. I don't know. Do they call them cul-de-sacs out here? I've never actually asked that question. You know, the circle. So there was a hill, street went down to the bottom of the hill, and then there was just a circle. We were on one of the, the uh, uh, off the circle, so we were down at the bottom, off to the side. That was where our house was. And so we, were, we had a bunch of empty lots around there. That, you know, they just hadn't built houses, which was nice because there was just a bunch of weeds out there. And so we would go out there. We were near a golf course, actually surrounded by a golf course, so people would hit the balls over the fence and to the weeds, they would lose them. Of course, they wouldn't jump the fence. So we would go in the weeds and we'd look for golf balls and then we'd sell the golf balls <laughs> to the golfers as they'd come down for 25 cents. Or if they were colored golf balls, we thought they were worth more. The, the golfers rolled their eyes at us, but we'd sell those for 50 cents. <laughs> and they're like, why are you charging more? Because they're, they're orange or they're green. They look cool. <laughs> they didn't care because they, that was way cheaper than what they were buying them for at the store. So they didn't care. They were happy to pay us 25 cents or 50 cents. Knock yourself out, kid. I'll pay you 50 cents for the orange one. <laughs> anyway, we're down in the cold. So we had, we had empty lots. So we could go and play out there. We would, um, 
you know, they even had foundations, or not foundations, that, well, they had dug the foundation, but they didn't put the, the, the brick in it. So they had dirt all on the outside of the foundation. So we would make bike trails out there, and we would have jumps, you know, go on around and, and, and um, bike around there. We'd play kickball in the cul-de-sac, get all the kids out and play kickball with all the kids. You know, we would, we would do all kinds of stuff. So when we're in the summer, I don't want it to rain. When I get up and go outside to play, you know, I'm too young to have a job or anything, I, except selling golf balls. I don't want, I don't want it to rain. And when it's raining, it's like, eh, now we got to be inside. Okay. Well, now we're adults, some of us. You know, some of us are adolescents. All the kids are in the back. Well, if it's raining, you know something is, that may seem stupid, but as small as it's raining outside can ruin your whole day if you let it. Fact is, it's raining. Sometimes I mean, we we when you know it's been dry. When we we need the moisture, you're, you know your the outside needs it and whatever. But sometimes with that, we look at a short-sighted thing and go, "Well, I don't like this, so therefore I'm I that's messing up my day. I'm focusing on that, and if you focus on it, that can wreck your day just because of weather, which you can't control." Now, that may seem like a stupid example, but you apply that in every area. There are things that we look at it. We can say, thank God for what you could be. Thank God we're getting rain. I don't like it, but thank God at least it's not a drought. Thank God it's not completely dry. And, you know, thank God we have water and, and thank God we have crops in the, you know, we can have food and thank God that I have food. I mean, you can look at things that are going right. And again, that may seem like a silly, well, nobody gets off because nobody's going to let that ruin their whole day. Are you kidding me? There are parts of the country where it rains all the time and people, it does affect the mood. Well, how much more with everything else we face? We, we, we have a choice whether we're going to let joy uh, be stoked up or we're going to basically go toward being depressed yeah. in every area. And so... If we're filled with the Spirit, if we're built up in the Spirit, we are not going to be a Debbie Downer all the time. We are not going to be constantly, well, you know, but there's this. I'm not saying you don't analyze things and you don't look at stuff with a you know, logical eye. If you're on a job and part of your job is to analyze things and uh, give good input, you know, it's not good if you're just like, well, no, it looks good to me. Looks good. You know, you can see it's going to be a train wreck, but no, I just want to be positive. That's not being positive. But on the other hand, you don't got to, got to say, well, this is, this is a train wreck. I can't, who, who planned this? And get, you know, do it like, no, you can be like, well, I could see some things that maybe we could do better. Whatever your job description is, you can give input and still be full of joy. You know, you could say something that is, an, it, it is, um, how should I say it? You know, you're not being negative, but it's something that is, uh, you know, there, there could be, there's constructive criticism versus destructive. Just because you're full of joy doesn't mean you have your head in the sand. You know, doesn't mean you have to, you know, be Pollyanna, just, I don't see anything, it's just all great. No, we're not talking about that because that won't get you very far anyway. That's just, you know, if you need to deal with something, you need to deal with it. But being constructively critical, like, okay, well, this needs to change, but you can still be happy. 
You can still be joyful. Well, if you're full of the Spirit, you're going to be that. You're not going to be like, okay, here it comes. People are around. You don't want to be that person that people are around and go, no matter what's going on, you're going to find a way to make it negative or you're going to find the wrong thing with it. You don't want to be that, that person. You, you all probably know. You can think of people. That are like that. And if you can't think of anybody, maybe it's you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, if, if, we don't, if you're in a situation, you don't want to be the person that no matter what gets brought up, you're going to be like, okay, here's what's wrong with the situation. Now, that's different than, hey, if, if there's nothing that needs to be said that's wrong, you don't, it, don't say it just to say it. If it's good enough and it's not the way you would do it, but it would work, Okay. Sometimes we, need, we just need to keep our mouth shut. But if there's something legitimately, see, here's how you can tell the difference. If it's helpful, that's probably some, some people when they're negative all the time think they're being helpful. But if it's truly helpful to the situation and you can do it in love and still maintain your joy, then you're probably on the right track. If you're doing it just because, you know, you're not really doing it for the, the good of somebody else or the good of the project or the good. You're just kind of being that you're yielding to the wrong thing. That's going to lead to being down. It's actually because the spirit, <clears throat> whoa, excuse me, the spirit of God on the inside of you, he is not down. He is not negative. He will correct but he's not, he's, God is a God of joy. And you think about everything that God deals with in the earth. You think you have things to deal with. He just looks over all the earth. And I mean, what's going on and has gone on for all the hundreds of years, thousands of years, you know, uh, he, he's still a God of joy. He's still a God of love even in the face of all the nonsense that goes down. You know, sometimes we're tempted to be like, man, the world's just, a, it's just in such a bad state. And, you know, if you're not careful, you, you feel like getting down about that. Well, God has overseen his creation this entire time. They've rebelled against him. They've rejected the Savior. They reject his goodness. They, re, they spit on uh, his, his goodness and his promises. Yet God is still benevolent and gracious and good to all those that will receive him. Yes. I mean, we can't even begin to imagine the mercy and the patience of God. No. You know, like it's been said, when, when ours is run out, his is just getting started. His mercy and his patience. He is so good. You just think of it. Don't raise your hand. Just look straight ahead. Just don't even look to your neighbor. You just think about your life and my life, how good God has been. To us, and sometimes we are like, oh, well, you know, God should just take care of this person and get them moving. Well, if we threw that on us, how would that turn out? God is so merciful. He's so gracious. Yet he's good. He's good. He's not a, he's not a downer. Yeah. So if we're full of him, if we're built up and overflowing with God, then one aspect of that is joy. Enjoy because you believe something. This says that God, that God would fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In other words, you believe something, which is why you have joy in the face of circumstances, in the face of things that don't look right, in the face of the world, uh, 
you know, people rejecting God and people doing crazy things. You still have joy because you believe God and God is good and God is merciful and God is gracious. And so you're full of him. So that's what comes out in any situation, circumstance. It does, you know, you're not sure how every all the pieces are going to fit together. But one thing you still have is you're joyful. Because if Satan can steal your joy, he's got you. you, if, you, if, you if we let our, you, me, whoever, if we let our joy slip, it is a surefire way to go down and go down fast. If you look quickly, skip down to Proverbs uh, 17, verse 22. Read a couple verses there. Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. In the NLT, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. A broken spirit saps a person's strength. Strength will run out of you like water down a drain. If we, if, if we go that way, well, broken spirit, that's not being full of the spirit. If we're full of the spirit, we're not going to go this way. But if we go this way, this is what happens. A cheerful heart will keep you up. A broken spirit, when you become downcast and lose your joy, it's a sure sign that we're looking at the wrong thing, that we're yielding to the wrong thing, that we're not full of God. We've let something displace him on the inside. And then our strength, is our joy goes out the window, your strength is going to follow. And you don't have any strength. You don't want to look at tomorrow. You don't want to get up. You don't want to do anything because why? You don't have hope. You don't have belief. You have, and you, you haven't been full of God. You're letting something else displace that. So your joy is being effective. And when you're affected and when your joy goes, our strength's going, our focus is going, our, our want to is going, and we just get muddled. That's why it's so, we're talking about being full of the Spirit. One way this happens is by what we put in. That's why it's so important to watch what we put into ourselves. What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we looking at? What are, what are we looking at on social media? Because it's not harmless, you're filling, we're being filled with something. And when we're filled with the wrong thing, it's going to affect how we approach life. And we're talking about being full. We're talking about being overflowing. Well, you can't be overflowing with God and being connected with Him and just being uh, full of His Spirit and overflowing when we're, when we're putting things in that aren't full of him, because whatever you're consuming is what you're going to become. There are creator, creators of all these different things that we consume, whether it's social media, you know, content that's being created, or if it's a movie, or if it's a book, or if it's a blog, or if it's a news article, 
What is behind creating that thing? Because when you consume it, just like food, when you consume food, you are, you're going to digest that food. It is going to fuel your system and become part of you and affect every facet of how you um, function your body, right? Well, spiritually, when we consume things, it becomes, it comes into our being and more than we realize, it affects us. It affects how we function spiritually. And so if we're filling up with things that are, are not putting us toward God, it's going to be very hard to be full of God. Because, you know, you're trying to fill up. You're, you're doing some things to fill yourself up, like you come together. Part, part what we're doing here is we're coming together as a body of believers we're looking to God, and He is filling us up. But if we're putting other things in that aren't godly, so it's like we go up a little bit, but we go down or fill ourselves up with a bunch of other stuff, what's well, going to be hard for us to be overflowing with God when these other things are displacing things on the inside. So instead of more just God bouncing around on the inside, we have these other thoughts and these other inputs and what somebody is yielding to and they put stuff into their content well when they put they create content they are giving a creator so a content creator is is creating that content from their experience from their background from input in their life so when you consume it you're getting a dose of that you're getting a dose of their reality of how they perceive life just because you see something, they're funny. I mean, there's certain things we just got to be discerning. You can see, you know, just a meme or something that's funny. That's, that's maybe a truth in, these, in the person that, that created its life. And it may be funny the way it's stated, but you need to ask yourself, is this actually true? Or some wisdom, you know, they, they state something that, well, you know, that, that uh, they maybe say it in a funny way, but it's some statement about life and looks like it's just, old folk wisdom, but is it true? Because it, it could be slanted with some other worldview that you're ingesting. Now you come up against situations in life, and instead of the Bible, what the Bible says about that, you have some meme in your mind. <laughs> in some similar, I'm serious, some similar situation where you're like, well, this could be true. And so if, you, if that's what you're consumed with, you could be sad about situ a situation. You could be not having joy about situa a situation. You could be thinking this is how you handle that situation. And so you start going down that way, and, and then we wonder, why? where is that coming from? Well, we put it in. We're not. So sometimes, we're all the time. But when, see, like joy is something people talk about. And uh, if we're not careful, we talk about it, well, well just, just have joy. Like, you, you just, just have it. I mean, just, come on, get happy. Get happy about it. I mean, just turn, turn that frown upside down. Come on. Well, there are situations in life that will push on you that, you know, if you're just talking naturally, that's not going to work. It's, you know, and, and it's insulting, actually, to say that. You know, it, uh, the Bible says, you know, 
see if I can quote it. I don't know if I can quote it, and I can't. Um, but you know, a heart, no, uh, the, only the heart, oh, this is paraphrase, only the heart, know, each heart knows its own bitterness, and it can't share its joy with everybody. And what that's saying is basically each person processes things differently and has a unique experience and nobody else can fully share things that are pressing on you and pushing on you and making you sad and nobody can fully share your joy because they're not you and they haven't had the path you have. Well, we ought to know that. So just going, ah, get over it is not a good input because we don't know where somebody's coming from. So joy sometimes is looked at like, well, let's just get happy. We're not talking about that. We're talking being full of God. And it says in the, in the word that God would fill you with all joy in believing something. That's how true joy go, comes. It doesn't come from you just uh, putting on a happy face. It's actually a spiritual force. We're talking about being full of something. Being full of God will lead to joy. Joy is, is the same even if it's faced with negative circumstances because it's a spiritual thing. Happiness is like, ooh, I feel great today. You know, I just got an ice cream. We were just talking about emotions go up and down. That's not what joy is. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a spiritual force. It's something that we can have. Happiness, oh, I feel happy, I don't feel happy. It's, it's, a, it's an output. Joy can determine where you go in life. Joy can, even in the midst of something that's challenging, you have joy. It's, you're looking at it because uh, at a, in, a, in a way that God will you're, look at it. You're, you're looking at it from his perspective. He doesn't go up, down, and all over the place because he is constant. So when you're believing something and you're full of God, now you have joy. It's an output, not something you try to work up. Does that make sense? You don't try to, but you can yield to it. So you know if I am looking to God and I am full of him, now I know joy is going to be there. So now I do have a part to play to yield to that. God is not going to force us to have joy. But if we're full of him, if we're looking to his word, if we're filling ourselves with his things, then there is going to be joy there. Now, it's there, but we got to yield to it. We have to, I'm going to put on joy. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to yield to joy. I'm going to believe what God said. If I truly believe something, then I'm going to have that joy. If I don't believe, and I look at the wrong thing, and I look at uh, things that aren't full of God, it's going to be really, really easy to yield to something besides joy. So when we're talking about being full, part of that is I want to be looking at the right thing so that then I can yield to the right thing. So if I am constantly putting in and looking at the wrong thing, and then I'm looking and saying, why well, don't I have, have joy? I maybe should look upstream and say, what am I putting in? What is going in? Instead of going down here, and I've been, 
I put in things, I meditate on the wrong things, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking on the wrong things, and I just don't experience any joy, and then I'm trying to buck myself up down here and going, well, come on, self, have joy, but upstream, I'm, I'm putting in the wrong thing. It's going to be very hard for me to experience joy. Now, with God, I can look to Him, and I can, so if I focus on Him, now I can start uh, changing that pattern and going back up, but, but I need to look at what I'm putting in and what I'm filling myself with so that then I just have the right result. That would be like, it would be like, you know, if, you've, if you consume too much of, let's say, some sugary substance or something, you may experience, or other things, but let's just talk about that because I think everybody can relate. Probably everybody in here has eaten too much candy or something sweet at some time in their life. I remember I used to love cream soda. I can't stand it now. And there's a reason for that. I would drink cream soda any chance I got, loved it growing up. Don't really remember the ages. I just remember at one point I drank just too much of it. And I got sick to my son. I just, and I never wanted it after that. Never could get back on the horse. Just never wanted it. Just gross. But you know that feeling when, oh, it's good going down and you eat a lot, and then you get that sick feeling of, ugh. You know what I'm talking about. If I were feeling like that and I go, hmm, feel better, self, feel better. What, what, why are you feeling bad? Come on, stomach, switch, get back. I don't like this feeling. And you were watching the whole scenario. And you had seen me just a little bit ago. I am just downing cream soda or candy or whatever. And you can see this coming a mile away. And then I am going, I'm now the inevitable. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling gross. And I'm like, come on, self, why am I feeling like this? You would say... Or at least think, dummy, why don't you go back up the, the road a little bit and just not dump all that stuff into you? Come on. And you wouldn't have felt like that. Is that too simple? If I'm complaining here and go, I just don't understand it. I don't, I mean, why do I feel like this? As if I just started feeling like that out of the blue. I didn't do anything. Now, this is not supposed to be condemning. I'm, we're just looking at an example that ties to spiritual things are a lot like natural things. And sometimes we want to disconnect the two and go and look, well, that's really obvious in the natural, but, you know, spiritual, I just don't know. If we'll look up the, up the road, up the stream, beforehand. What, what are, we're talking about being full of something. Well, I'm talking about being full of God. One of the aspects of that is joy. If I'm not experiencing joy, what have I been recently putting in myself? Yes. What have I been looking at? There's circumstances in life, but then there's what we put in ourselves that are going to determine how we process those circumstances. And so I could have been experiencing joy and I'm on top of things and I'm full of God 
Then I start drifting off, and if, many times if I look, what, what was in between those two? What am I either actually consuming, reading, looking at, all that, or where have my thoughts gone because you're consuming those? You are, they're coming in your mind, but how am I processing them? Am I meditating on them? Because the more you can go, you can just go downhill just because what you're doing is actually consuming your own thoughts. You're thinking stuff and instead of, we talked about this, what, on Wednesday? Instead of rejecting wrong things, we're actually consuming again, consuming them again. They may be something that happened a long time ago. It could be something that we read at one point, could just be a thought in our head, but when they come in, we start listening to them again. Well, that's just like you are consuming it anew. You're going to experience the emotions. You're going to experience uh, thoughts related, and you're going to go down. And then we, we get to this point where, like, why am I feeling like this? Look back a little bit. What did I start doing that made me, that started depleting my strength, that started the process of me looking and going toward the wrong thing, that joy started to dissipate. I looked at, I started looking at the wrong thing the wrong way, or I started actually consuming things that, that weren't building me up, or I consumed things a while back, and now I'm meditating on that again, which is bringing me down. 1 Peter 1, verse 6, let's look at that. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Notice it starts out saying, in this you greatly rejoice. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though you do not yet see him, yet believing. So say, you don't see God. You're, you're pushed. You have trials. You have uh, pressure. But you don't see God. But yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So in the middle of something pressing, you're still full of joy. See, so don't be moved by the fact that you have a trial that you have something pressing on you. Everybody has pressure. Everyone has trials come to them. Everybody has the opportunity to process and respond to the pressures that come into life. We all, nobody's exempt it's not that God's causing them. It's not that God's the author. But things, in, we live in a fallen world and there are pressures. We decide, how am I going to respond? And here he's saying, even if you have the pressure coming on you, 
It says, in these you greatly rejoice. And it says, though you don't see God, even though you believe him, but you don't see him, yet believing you rejoice. So because you believe something, you rejoice. Well, how are you going to do that practically? You're full of something. Why do you believe? Because you've, you've been putting the word of God in it. You, God's word is spiritual food to us. And so we process that when you spend time with God and you saturate yourself with his presence, just you are absorbing him. You, you have him on the inside, but the manifest presence of God, you spend time in his word, spend time with him is actually what enables you to be full so that you are conscious of him more than the trial. So that's what allows you to have joy in the midst of something that your natural self wants to cry over. But how do you get there? And that's what I'm focusing on. We're talking about being full. Sometimes we just look at, the, you know, the end part and go, well, you just have joy. And we're not looking at why am I tempted not to? Because if I can change that, if I can go back a little bit and realize what, the, what you know, it's cause and effect, why is this showing up in my life continually, then I can change that. Now, I still am going to have something to do with it. I still have to yield to it. In other words, I can't just, well, yeah, I read the word and it still isn't doing it. No, you can't. You can't act like we don't have a decision, but give ourselves a chance. Again, it would be like constantly eating the wrong thing and expecting different results. If we go back and start eating the right thing spiritually, if we focus on the right thing, God's word works in us. You don't, it's not that you're really having to try real hard. It's you're putting the right thing that God's word will produce a result. It will allow you and give you the strength to react right. It gives you the strength to, to yield. We have a will, but man, sometimes we make it so hard. And any, any person that would go down the road, sometimes we put ourselves in, if, we, if they consume the same stuff, if they focused on the, the wrong things, any person would be depressed. Sometimes we're looking at it and going, well, I just can't help it because I'm depressed because of so-and-so, of, of these things. But if we looked at it, if anybody that would put their focus on the same things we're putting their, our focus on would have the same then emotional state. And the thing is, if we look at it like, well, there's, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to change this end result, but I just don't know why, we, we're trapped. But if we, if we realize, what am I full of? Am I full of God? Because if I'm full of God, this is going to happen. So if I back up, just start taking steps. Just start looking toward, just look to his word and let that word, the word of God can just change your, your uh, state in a moment when we look at him. You being in the presence of God can just start to change things. Now, we have to cooperate with it, but it can change what, how we're looking at things because we, faith is there. God's word produces faith. God's word produces a different perspective. And so as we yield to that, we start moving in a different direction. We start moving in a different place. We start experiencing, well, th there's something in there that's helping me. Where the Spirit of God's going to take hold with you and help you go past, help you move in that. If you start yielding to joy, the Spirit of God's there to help you do that. Yeah. 
we take a step, we start yielding and say, you know, all we want to do is lay down and cry. But if we'll say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm, I'm not making light of the fact that that can be really a challenge. All you want to do is yield to grief or sadness, sorrow, depression. What am I going to do? And you want to yield to that. And if you'll just take the step and say, no, I'm not going to take a step here and yield to God. God's spirit will help you continue that way. You know, it's like, uh, you know, with multiplication, anything times zero is zero. But if you take just a real small number and multiply it by a large number, you can get a really large number. And like what, what we're, if we'll yield to him, he's infinite. He's the almighty. His word is everlasting. His spirit is omnipotent, all-powerful. God is over all. And if we'll just say, God, I don't see how. I don't see a way. I feel like just being, looking at all this, but I'm looking at you and how big you are. You take a step there. It's like multiplying all his power times your little bit of effort, and you can see a change. And you can, where you were depressed, you can say, no, there is joy there. And you're not putting something on. You're just looking at somebody greater than yourself and that he can do something more than you can. Well, the more we'll f we're full of him then, the more we build ourselves up in him then, the more that joy will be there and will be there in spite of things, will be there in the face of things, and there's a momentum that can go there. We just, instead of putting in the wrong things, we start putting in the right things. As we start to yield to the right things, there's uh, a momentum that gathers to where we are overflowing. We're o and once you're overflowing, stuff may try to come and push that down, but you're overflowing, so you push it back. What you don't want to do is start letting it get to a trickle and smaller and smaller and putting the wrong thing in and putting the wrong thing into where it's, ugh. I just don't know. I don't know if I can go anymore. Sure sign. Start putting in the right thing. Look to him. Fill up with the right thing, and he's faithful to help us. Every time. Amen.